Thanks for tuning in to How's Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library in Wellsville, New York. I'm Nick Gunning. My guest today is Jamie Lee Rotante. Jamie, welcome. Hello. Nice to uh, virtually meet you. <laughs> I know. You, I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out this morning. Uh, Absolutely. So Jamie's an author and editor with Archie Comics, and her work includes Betty and Veronica titles like Senior Year, Vixens, and most recently, The Bond of Friendship. Uh, that was uh, that was kind of noteworthy because it was the first specifically, like, targeted as a graphic novel for for a younger group right right that's our first completely original graphic novel yeah. everything we've done so far has just been collections of the 32 comics that came out before it yeah so this was an interesting undertaking i could not be more excited about the like archie renaissance of the last i don't know what five to ten years it feels like whatever yeah. whenever mark wade's archie sort of hit the shelves and things kind of trickled out from there it's been it's been an exciting time as an archie fan definitely it's been an exciting time working there i've been <laughs> seeing it from that end yeah yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I definitely want to get into all of that. Before we do, we usually start the show by checking in and seeing uh, where our bookmarks are at at the moment. So I'm wondering, have you been reading anything interesting you want to tell us about? Yes, I'm actually really excited to answer this. I'm Let's just about finished with A Song Below Water by Bethany Morrow. Okay. Uh, it's a young adult fantasy book. Oh yeah, and it is just I've I feel like it's it's so good. I feel lucky to be reading it. And <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. had that strong of a, a connection to a book in such a long time. And it's about uh, two female teenagers, black, who live in Portland, but they're okay. also one's a siren, and the other may or may not be a mermaid. And it's a <laughs> okay. really interesting look at the prejudices they face both as these sort of supernatural creatures as well as being african-american in america that's great and like it's not this whole like oh you know we're approaching this by them being you know discriminated against because they're mermaids yeah it's, no they're that and they are also black yeah. Uh, females yeah, yeah. so i it's so amazing to read just a wonderful story and the writing is so accessible the conversations feel real yeah it touches on real world things and it gets heavy, but then it also has moments of levity and mm -hmm. I, I can't recommend it enough. Well, that sounds really interesting. I know our the, the children's librarian uh, is a huge into the, the YA fantasies genre. And boy, talk about a, a genre renaissance. I feel like now is also oh. the moment for, for YA fantasy in particular, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. like, and, and speaking to the diversity issue you were talking about there, I feel like it is, it's the strongest in, in new YA output. You know, that's... Yeah. It's it's something that we always are are really purposeful about when when developing collections, and you know for for adult books they're certainly there. It takes a little bit more you know work to to really fill it out. But I feel like with YA and even lower than that the junior level that's just what they're doing, and I just think that's so great. It's so great to see. Absolutely, and I think uh, the target audience is more receptive to it as well. I think so too. Yeah, and I and I think you know it seems like trends sort of grow with the people who are interested in it, right? So mm -hmm. I mean, if we're seeing that in junior and YA, I think it's just more and more is going to sprout into adult fiction. It has. I mean, it already has. But I right. I just think when you look at the proportions, particularly in YA, it's it's really encouraging to see those changes happening. Absolutely. I've been reading uh, uh, older things. I I. 
in high school, all those books that everybody's supposed to read in high school, I just didn't, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I recently read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Have you read this? You know, that's one that I didn't have to read yeah, in school. Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, I, you know, we watched the um, the Peacock streaming. There's like a mini series that came out based on that. And we watched that. And, and so I went back and, and read the book. And they're, they're decidedly different. But the thing that really struck me about it is, I mean, we're... We're 10 years away from this book being 100 years old and the things that the author got right about the problems with society today, you know, just sort of villainizing science and making it so that it it is it's in the best interest of like, you know, the, the upper echelons to keep people where they are. I mean, it was it was kind of chilling to read something so old that feels so relevant. Absolutely. Are you and I know you write graphic novels, but are you a graphic novel reader? I am. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um I actually find myself gravitating more towards the YA. Yeah, yeah. Even for enjoyment and reading. Yeah. I've been reading, uh, uh, I've been following Aquaman, and uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick has a new new run on Aquaman that's uh, maybe three volumes in now. And my complaint had been that, that Aquaman had just sort of been in this same place, like fighting for the throne. She's just doing something weird and trippy and really like kind of playing into the fantasy elements of that. And it's really working. So I think that's a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks for sharing. I'm, I'm going to have to put that book on my list. I'm sure we have it in the collection, but I haven't read it yet. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we get to it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Author Spotlight. I want to get right to the good stuff. So uh, tell me about your vinyl record collection. Oh, <laughs> I, I need to know. I need to know everything. <laughs> I, I feel like I oversell it because it makes it seem like I'm one of those people who like yeah. looks for special editions. Yeah. Really, I have a record player and I love vinyls. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. have a lot, but I, I I don't think I'm someone who like scours record stores like to get a certain pressing of like, yeah. a certain thing. It's more so just I like this album. They yeah. have it on vinyl. I'm going to get that. <laughs> but I. Uh, I realized just how much I had because I moved over the summer. And let me tell you, moving boxes of vinyl records doesn't seem easy. like it'd be heavy, does it? But Not it's like removing <laughs> moving a refrigerator. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Really Between chunky. that and the book collection, that was the yep. hardest part. <laughs> yep. You got You got to have nice, strong floors for uh, for yeah. those kind of collections. Now, do you like do you like the new stuff, or are you collecting like vintage vinyl? Because I'm kind oh. of a nerd for. I mean, I, I I prefer the old stuff, but I'm also kind of a nerd for like, oh, this one's pink. You know oh i that you know those gimmicks totally get me yeah. if you show me an album it's like oh i like that album it's new and then you put it on a blue pink tie-dye forget about it oh yeah i'm getting it gotta have um, it um i i also do think though that like you know the older stuff it was made for that oh yeah that, so it always sounds a little bit better on it oh yeah whereas the new stuff still sounds good but like it's not for that. Yeah. So there's I mean, a noticeable difference. I guess I just, I do love the imperfections. You know, I have certain records that I've just had forever. Yeah. Like I can think of a couple of Monkeys albums that I have. And when I listen to them, you know, digitally or whatever, I'm like, oh, there was supposed to be a skip there. Why didn't yeah. I, what's the, <laughs> what's the problem, you know? So that's, uh, that's something you got to live with. The coolest one that I've added recently was, I'm a big Beatles and McCartney fan. And McCartney three just came out, and I got a really cool limited uh, pink vinyl pressing, and I it's oh, it's cool. just so cool. Have you added recently to your collection? What's what's a what's a cool one you've gotten recently? 
school one I've gotten. Oh, you didn't know I was going to ask you about records. No, and, and that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, there was there was something recently I got that was bright pink, and I'm trying to remember. There was a few I got that were all pink. Yeah. Uh, not intentionally. They all just happened to come out. Yeah. Uh, but those were all newer yeah, yeah. Uh, albums. So mm-hmm. I know one was um, Run the Jewels 4. Okay. I don't know if the vinyl itself was pink or just the outside. Yeah, and yeah. then there's an Idols. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. Uh, they recently released a pink vinyl. And it, it's mostly lately, it's been um, the stuff that's new that I enjoy yeah. that's come out. But I haven't, no interesting like re-releases or different pressings yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, to, to it just makes out. it fun. It's kind of nice to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, buying CDs is just insane at this point. But I feel like buying vinyl is still cool, you know? We'll see There's how long uh, Can I shout out a record yes. store? Uh, up in Poughkeepsie. Okay. Or Dark Side Records. Okay. Uh, and it's just fantastic. It's yeah. huge. Uh, they have vinyl, CDs, merchandise, and it's just, it, it feels, um, it reminds me of being a teenager and going to a CD store and yeah. how exciting that would be. Yeah. And it's nice to kind of have that replicated as an adult. Yeah. And they just have a great selection. So there's one that's near been me. my go to. It's a bit of a trip. Oh, that's yeah. 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 There's one near me in, in Rochester, New York, which is about an hour from where I am called Bop Shop. And it's one, it's like a little pricier, but it's so cultivated. And it's the kind of place where you can be like, do you have, do you have this specific one? And they'd be like, oh, yeah. It's like third shelf from the, and I'm like, how do you, how do you know that? You know, it's so like as a librarian, <laughs> yeah. I respect that. And it's, and it's it is fun to find these weird you know beetle bootlegs or just yeah occasionally yeah. i'll get a random different pressing like oh this has the apple label you know whatever but yeah it's fun it's definitely fun and definitely. something that i've missed during these pandemic ages because i don't think i've been in a record shop since you know a year right. ago all right now i'll ask you questions about why we're really here and that's to talk archie comics <laughs> so yes. um be- before we get into your current projects i'm just curious like has this been, have you been a lifelong Archie fan? Where, where did this start for you? I have. I have. Yeah. Um, my introduction to comics was Archie. Yeah. I don't think my story's too uh, unique. My grandma would buy me the digest when we'd go grocery shopping. Yep. And, uh, and it was always exciting for her because she was born right before Archie came out. Mm. So she was buying, she was the age that was perfect for that. She had a collection and so when she saw when I was younger that they were still around, yeah. of course she wanted to buy me some because yeah. it was that I know what this is, I Definitely. know you'll enjoy it. And the Betty and Veronica stories always uh, stood out to me. The ones I remember the most fondly mm-hmm. were Betty and Veronica stories. So that was from when I was about six, seven years old. Yep. Starting. And I always returned to Archie over the years. Yeah, same with me. I, I just don't remember a time before I was reading Archie comics. I was just always, you know, the digest for the single issues. Yeah. And I remember really yeah. specifically when it was single issues, there was a whole The Love Showdown where Archie was finally going to decide. And I was like desperate to get all of the, like it was a four volume, four issue series. Yep. And I like had to, we got to go to this store because I got to find the Betty and Veronica. We got to go to this store. So. <laughs> Always fun. And the consistency of it. That's the other thing. Because it just talking the example with your grandma. I mean, you know, Archie Comics, well, I think once you get past that sort of like Mickey Rooney phase of Archie and into the more like, <laughs> you know, the traditional look and everything, those comics really mingle well with, you know, today's digests. And so that's, I, I can't think of another brand that has been that consistent for that long. Absolutely. Coca-Cola, yeah, our, maybe? <laughs> right, right. It's, you know, it's the classic Americana. Exactly. Um, our, our current digest, there's always a brand new lead story. Yeah. Uh, 
set in the modern day, but we integrate 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. 80s stories, and it never feels like dated. Sometimes you could, you know, as long as the story content is there, it all just flows. Yeah. I, actually, I was kind of curious. I've always been curious about how that works. What is the is it? What is the portion of like brand new material versus existing material that's put into a digest? So it's actually a very uh, it's very systematic. The yeah. our person who's in charge of digest has this sort of system that's amazing and has <laughs> lasted a long time. We currently always have one new lead okay. story. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the rest is all reprint, but it's a five-year process. Okay. So once a story is reprinted, it goes away for five years, and okay. we won't put it in again mm -hmm. until that five-year cycle. Mm -hmm. um, there's not really a sort of rhyme or reason to like why the stories are picked. It's more so just does this fit with the season? If there's yeah. a little theme going on in mm -hmm. a section, it works. Um, but yeah, and it's it's also just hey, this is a great story. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking for good quality things that still work today yeah if there's something that's incredibly dated sometimes it'll be in there and then when it gets to me and i'm sort of doing my like edit of it if i'm noticing that like i'm having it like you have to change this reference and this reference oh, yeah, yeah. it's so dated no one's gonna yeah. it, then it's like all right maybe we should pull that story yeah, and yeah. put in something yeah <laughs> it's a little more accessible yeah is there so there there are a lot of places where you go and change like i mean do you get rid of like references to like a cassette or something like that is that the kind of thing that you would update or no yeah okay Yes, uh, stuff like that. We also do that because we still have some reprints of like the daily and Sunday strips okay. um, with Creator Syndicate, I believe. And sometimes with those, we'll send them and they'll come back and be like, hey, do you mind changing this reference to a VCR? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So that it's never anything too crazy, but it's just those like, okay, yeah. this is a really archaic form of media right. that we're not sure kids will get. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think kids are going to get that Eisenhower reference. So maybe just. <laughs> yeah, that we, that's uh, sometimes it's funny <laughs> when we go into the five year process and I'll look at a story and I see that it was changed. Yeah. And like it was a celebrity name that was probably big in the 70s. And yeah. then when it got reprinted in the 80s, it got changed to an 80s right. name. Then in the 90s. And now I'm looking at it in 2000 saying like, Got to change it again because yeah. that person's not relevant anymore either. It's possible that you have the coolest job in the world. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure, but it sounds like it might be. <laughs> I like to say that I, I, I read comics like it's my job because yeah. it's my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds good. As an, as an editor, because you, you, you're an editor outside of Archie Comics as well, right? I do some freelance stuff. Okay. I feel like I have to come clean to you here because I cannot break the habit of, uh, spacing twice after a sentence i just oh i, I just <laughs> i know it makes me like a grandpa but i always because my wife's always on me about that and i'm like right 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 and i fix it when i think of it most of the time i don't and i think boy if people ever have to edit me they're going to spend half their time getting rid of that space <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the the more minor offenses i've come across when doing yeah. some like freelance there's a lot of strange things uh people do where i'm just like huh it's an interesting like <laughs> yeah writing tick in a way yeah. that I'm, I'm noticing like I <laughs> the thing that I think you can ask most of my coworkers, my biggest gripe and it's probably the note I make the most and it was something I actually learned at Archie from our last proofreader mm -hmm. the difference between m dashes n dashes and hyphens oh the nerdiest like grammar yeah. thing ever yeah really not a big deal but it's something i'm obsessive about sure yeah <laughs> so it's that like in like a block of text you don't just have two dashes you don't have a small dash it's one long dash no spaces mm -hmm. around it 
And the amount of times I've given that note, <laughs> it's just like, it's such a weird hill to constantly die yep. on, but it's my like yeah. obsessive you, grammar you thing. You got your principles. I don't, I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the overall like editorial process like? I mean, you're going through and updating references and that sort of things, but what does it mean to be an editor for Archie Comic? Like what's the day to day with that? Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of different aspects to it. For me, the, the most fun part is getting to see the scripts when they come in and give notes. Okay. Um, and I, I always want to be cautious. I never want to overwrite. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to be like, oh, this idea would be cool from a writing perspective, but I yeah. always like to let the writer mm -hmm. tell their story. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite part of that process is, um, especially with like editing digests, helping to like punch up a script by adding in jokes and like oh. moments where it's like, hey, this could be a little bit funnier if you yeah. maybe try this, uh -huh. like, and just keeping keeping the voice of the characters intact yeah. goes across the board because sometimes you know you'll have a writer who has a great story but the characters just don't quite sound like yeah. archie yeah and sometimes it's the most minor changes that you need to make it more of like veronica wouldn't say this but she may say it this way yeah well that's the thing i mean that's that's kind of an unforgivable offense too like if you're reading something and you're like mm -mm, you know that really <laughs> that really takes you out of it and i i yeah, think because of the yeah. history with these characters it's it's pretty you know, it, it does stand out, you know, when something is not quite right. So that's interesting that that's, that's yeah. part of a little net, you know, catching these uh, odd character yeah. moments. Interesting. So that's probably the, my favorite part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you must just have to have sort of a, an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, the Archie gang at this point then. Yeah. You know what? I've, I've amassed one more than I realize. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I only ever kind of notice it when a really obscure character is referenced. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that character that appeared yeah. in this issue in this series. I'm just yeah. like, oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess it is all sticking up here. It's a good thing you have the job you have because I feel like that skill is is very. It's got a real fine line of where that's helpful, you know, and yeah. knowing all the minor Archie characters. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't really help you if you were like a podiatrist who knew all the Archie characters. No. So. You know, maybe on Jeopardy if there's a very specific true. category. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? How did that, yeah. um, so how did, so I assume you started as an editor and then rolled into writing or how did that, how did that process happen? Right. So I, I actually started as an intern at Archie Okay. and interning led to working proofreading full-time, proofreading okay. led to editing and then um, being in on the editorial process sort of helped. I had done some writing here and there prior to writing a comic. So um, my first writing gig at Archie was actually while I was still interning. Oh. We had the uh, Life with Archie magazine. Yeah. That was the the big, you know, where he it was the future and yeah. he was married. Yeah. Um, I wrote the little like interstitial features that were just oh, like, okay. here's the cast talking about their favorite Justin Bieber song, <laughs> like stuff like that. So but now a, you'd have to update that if that came through. <laughs> that's absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was my first real like glimpse at looking how like looking at how to write the characters in their particular voices. Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up in proofreading editorial, doing a lot of like writing the back copy, writing intros, writing stuff like that. Yeah. Where like, hey, we need this thing to be in the Archie voice or yeah. in the character voice. And I kind of would go with those. And then finally, uh, Mike Pellerito, who's the co-president, co-president and editor asked me one day like hey you ever thought about writing a comic script mm. and at that point like i feel like for a lot of people it's the oh you're working in comics you had to have like wanted to write or draw mm -hmm. but i never really thought about that oh, okay <laughs> it was one of those like 
yeah, I didn't have this, you know, I, I love doing it. But when he said it, I was just like, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd love to. I just, and I, I never thought like I could come up with something that hadn't already been done. You know, what can I do to like make my Betty and Veronica story stand out versus, yeah. you know, when you have 75 plus years of content, Definitely. what do you do? Yeah. Um, and the whole thing with that was uh, we wanted to come up with something that was a little bit alternative a little bit different we mm -hmm. had success with afterlife riverdale had just hit so yeah. we knew it didn't have to just be you know Betty and veronica fight over archie right <laughs> and then the conversation evolved we talked about it and came, the idea i just kept thinking of was like what if they were in like a girl gang like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool right like, yeah cheerleaders by day and then the more we talked about it and fleshed it out it was just like what if it's a biker gang and then it, it took off from there. And it was really cool to have my first comic writing be this alt universe, yeah. slightly more edgy kind yeah. of take on the characters. Because it was that like, if I can write them in this setting, I'm pretty sure I can write them in any, so, ideally. <laughs> so Vixens was actually your first uh, in the first Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I guess I read them in a different order because I read senior year first. I was thinking that's where it started. But no, that's, that's really interesting that Vixen would be the one that... Uh, that that yeah. kicks it off. So what were the what were the challenges for that? Because it is, I mean, there is an edginess to that one that that you don't often find in in Archie stories. So how did that? What was that process like for you? Was it was it particularly challenging to take them and put them in a different space? No, I, I don't think so. And and that's largely in part to just how strong the car the character archetypes are that you can kind of plop them in anywhere. It's yeah. why they work in a zombie series. It's yeah. why they work in you know this murder mystery. Um, I think the the toughest part is just finding that line between like what's um, still appropriate, like how inappropriate can you get without like completely, yeah. you know, turning this into like a, something that it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of find that line of like, hey, we can add in these little bits of, of adult humor mm -hmm. <clears throat> and these scenes that are a little bit more, um, the stakes are a little bit higher, mm -hmm. but it's still something that like if a younger person picks it up because it's Betty and Veronica, they won't be turned off by Right. Yeah. So see, see the characters that they're looking for in it, just sort of yes. in a different lens. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about senior year. And my, my question here, you, you've kind of answered it a little bit, but in, in a more traditional kind of story like senior year, I mean, how do you approach writing these characters who, who, like you said, have had the 75 years of history because, you know, when you look at the really early, really early Archie stuff, Betty and Veronica are really kind of just, you know, foils for each other. They're kind of there to advance Archie's story. Their, their, their primary features is that they are fighting over Archie. And that's kind of slowly evolved over time. And I think particularly in the new wave of Archie stuff, kind of gotten away from that. And I, senior year doesn't really get into the, the Archie fight that much. So, I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you take that and adapt them? So uh, for senior year in particular, my main sort of motivation for doing it was just this like, okay, let's let's get them back in the Riverdale we're a little more familiar with. Let's yeah. get them back in high school. But let's have high school look a little bit more like what high school looks like to yeah. an actual teenager. Yeah. So in that story, like they struggle with writing college essays and, mm -hmm. you know, doing applications. That makes it sound a little less uh, fun than maybe it is, but... Betty and, and Veronica do paperwork. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted it to be 
about that, but I wanted it to really focus on their friendship and the breakdowns in the communication that happen between friends sometimes. And there's elements of relationship uh, drama in that, but I just like, if we're kind of putting it in this very realistic world, it didn't make sense to have two girls just fighting over one guy who wants to date them both. Right. Like that yeah. felt just like, yeah. I don't see who's, you know, relating to that in that kind of sense. Mm -hmm. And it just made it easier to focus on their relationship by sort of taking out those external factors yeah. to some extent. Yeah. And they do come here and there. Uh, it's not so much Archie that creates that issue for them, but what the main problem that, sparks any fights they have any sort of pushing them apart is always just their breakdown in communication mm -hmm. which i think is something everyone struggles with at yeah. some point yeah one of the things that i wanted to do from the start and i did it with vixens and with every book is i just don't want them to be constantly fighting because of archie right like if yeah. they they're allowed to fight friends fight but it should be for something that's just really important mm -hmm. and not just Archie, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of stumbling along and causing that. Yeah. Well, I think what uh, what what really worked about senior year was, I think, the attention to the characters, because they do absolutely feel like the characters that, that have just been in the world for, you know, longer than our lifetimes. Um, but but it did have that it did have a very fresh feel to it. And I'm always I'm always impressed when a writer can take something that is just like in our DNA and and both capture that feel and make it seem like you're you're reading something new and different and, and I do think you accomplished that in senior year which uh, for me as a longtime fan you know, I really appreciated was there a thought to continue that series or was it always meant to just be a look at that time that was always meant to be just a look at that time okay which was which was good because it gave a really clear framework for oh definitely yeah and, and knowing how many issues it would be made it easier, too, because it's I know that, like, okay, they're going to be season-based. They're mm -hmm. going to get quarter one, yeah. start of school, fall, winter, yeah. spring, summer, um, which really helped guide the story as well, yeah. too. Yeah, I do think it's a really effective storytelling uh, mode in there. Uh, let's talk about Bond of Friendship a little bit, because uh, this, as we said at the top here, this was the first thing that was like, this is meant to be a graphic novel. And I'm wondering how the approach to that differs from writing, you know, issue-based stories. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely different. Mm -hmm. um, so at Archie, we do 20 page stories yeah. for each individual comic. And uh, with senior year and Vixens, I knew I had 20 pages to tell each story. Mm -hmm. It's interesting with Bond of Friendship because it's an OGN. I knew the um, amount of pages for the full story. And then I kind of had carte blanche to take as long with each section as I needed to do mm. that which sounds like it would be um, helpful because it's like, oh, you can do longer, but that's actually trickier mm. because I didn't want to just do, okay, it's 20 pages, 20 pages, 20 pages. Right. I wanted to let the stories breathe, mm -hmm. but there's those moments where it's just like, did I spend so much time on this chapter that <laughs> now like I, I'm cramming this one in? So yeah. there's definitely a lot of the editorial process and going back and being like, all right, this is dragging. Mm -hmm. I need to cut this to make sure I have room for this. Mm -hmm. And even in doing that, like, uh, for those who don't know, the way Bond of Friendship works is they're at career day in school and they have different professionals talk to them about their careers and then they imagine themselves mm -hmm. in those. Which um, in itself, that that frame story has a very like vintage vibe that, that works so well with, with the Archie universe. Absolutely. And it's it's one of those like it's a little bit of a trope whenever there's a high school story. There's always the career day. Yeah, what do yeah. you want to be? But it I feel like it's so classic. It just works. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and in doing that, I think I, I handle about four or five different professions, but the list I originally started with was longer <laughs> than that, you know? So I did like a little bit of a montage at the end, but like all of those originally were supposed to be sections too. Yeah. And then I'm like, this is too much. I, I need to, <laughs> if I'm going to rush it, I'd rather omit it completely and yeah. then focus more on these. So it was different, but it was also nice to sort of have that room to breathe and be like, okay, like I can, I can let this scene go a little bit longer because I don't mm -hmm. have to worry about stopping at 20. Um, so I, I think that helped, but it, it definitely was a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Now, is this something that, that is sort of a new direction for Archie Comics? Or there, I assume there's going to be more of these original graphic novels like in the works? We have one coming out very soon, actually, based on the Riverdale uh, TV series. Okay. Uh -huh. And it's written by Nicole Ostow and the art is done by Thomas Patilli, who have been doing the uh, comic series for Riverdale. Okay. But this one is an original graphic novel version. Mm. It's okay. very, very good. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. I'm also, I'm really liking the uh, the current Sabrina run, too. That uh, Oh, Kelly Thompson yes. and Veronica Fish. Yes. It's, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. And, and going back to YA fantasy. Mm-hmm what a great like it's it's another one of those it's sabrina it's yeah. classic sabrina if yeah. you know sabrina aunt hilda and zelda salem it's all there yeah but it's so modern and it's yeah. it really feels like it gets to the heart of like what teenagers are going through and looking for yeah but with magical supernatural elements, yeah <laughs> you know it's it's fantastic. It, it's funny because uh, you know that one. That one to me, I mean, it really it does kind of what we were saying with uh, with uh, senior year. You know, it takes that it takes that classic character, but it but it updates it so much. I think it's funny to compare that to something like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because that one is dark. You know, like oh, you, yeah. <laughs> you're saying Satan a lot in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> so it was fun to see like the two different versions there. So I yeah. like that. That was a lot of fun. Could you tell me, have you noticed any changes with how people are reading the comics or, or what what differences have popped up now that the Archie app is, is out there in full force with the Archie Unlimited subscription options and all that? Are you seeing that change the model much? It's definitely reaching a wider audience. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely helps because, you know, unfortunately comic shops are amazing but they're they're not always the easiest yeah. to access you know you, you if you don't have a local one and if you do sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to navigate if mm -hmm. you're not familiar with it um i wish there was a wider way to get people into comic shops yeah. and obviously now especially with the world the way it is you know it yeah. made a kind of tricky thing even a little bit more difficult so being able to say like hey you can just read this on your phone like mm -hmm. you have access and not only do you have access to the new stuff but to you know archival stuff yeah. you know anything you're looking for you can just search for it has absolutely helped and abs yeah. i really think it's it's helped reach an even wider audience mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. you know i would when i was a kid you know i would i remember one christmas where people were like what do you want for christmas and i was like archie comics period you know so <laughs> i just got you know huge huge stacks of single issues and i had mostly read digest up to that point but the single issues especially the older ones i mean they just don't really exist places you know so that's one thing right. that i liked about the app that you really could just be like number one and just like read the whole run yeah. rather than you know piecing things together in, in the in a digest form or something like that. But what I like about the app is you, you do have a couple options. I mean, you can just purchase things outright or, or you can go for the mm -hmm. unlimited, but I feel like the free content is, is, you know, it's updated pretty regularly and you know, there's, there's plenty there. 
And we put a lot of uh, effort into making sure we have a good amount of free content yeah. too. It's not really just like, oh, you know, discard stuff, put this out there. We we want people, we want people to read our stuff. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to put so much behind a paywall that it's completely inaccessible to yeah. people. Uh, so we want to make sure even the stuff they get for free is, you know, if it doesn't at least rope them in, they'll enjoy what they've read. Yeah. Um, at the start of quarantine, we started putting free stories up on our social media. Oh, okay. Um, just, you know, five page stories, but yeah. people really responded well to that because it was just like, listen, you know, this isn't a digest. It was in a digest recently. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt us to right. repurpose it in this way. But yeah somebody who couldn't afford that or who can't get out now like mm -hmm. a little something fun for you to read while yeah. you're at home. you know we just we we found this year especially more than ever like we are a comfort brand oh, you yeah. know we do 100%. fun new stuff we absolutely will still do new stuff we'll still take risks but like when you need us to be there with just that like just want that classic 1960s mm -hmm. frank doyle harry lucy danda carlo story yep, yep we we will always provide that to you because we know how like sometimes you just want to return to those things yeah. that make you feel good you know well, it's just i mean it, it really is archie comic is just the ultimate comfort food you know i mean the, these yeah. are characters that yeah. you know and love and it's you know it's an easy it's an easy quick read you know you can just sit down and like pound through a couple of comics i mean i i've always found that fun and relaxing um in your writing i'm wondering because you you've been you've been pretty solidly in in the betty and veronica world are there other characters in the archie verse that like are sort of on your bucket list like i would like to do something with this character any deep cut characters also that you that you'd like to mess with um so i've gotten the chance to do cheryl and tony a bit um i would love to have a story that really focuses on them mm -hmm. definitely not deep cut but i'd love to do something with jughead oh yeah Jughead is yep. such a fun character yep. such a layered ca character way beyond what people expect because yeah. you always think of him as he's the the one with the hat with his eyes closed he eats yep. a lot yep. but what a way more complex character than that when yeah. you really when you really dig through the archives and you read all the jughead stuff yeah one of the most i would say complex characters out there I, I <laughs> which loved... is something that i think the tv show nails perfectly yeah yeah i loved back when uh, chip sadarsky was doing that jughead run was a lot of fun and anytime oh, anytime Derek charm draws archie like i'm all in you know Derek so. charm one of one of just great great artists to work with but also one of my personal favorites yeah. in terms of oh that's cool art way up there nice do you do you ever i i know i mean archie has a whole like superhero side that i you know doesn't mm -hmm. isn't not as well known i think as a traditional like archie comics do you right. have you had any like have you worked with the superhero stuff are there plans to expand that or anything going forward yeah i don't want to uh give away too much there's still Ooh, some stuff scoop, but scoop. I, I would say definitely <laughs> okay. definitely keep your eyes and ears out for that for okay. sure all right uh Absolutely. I, I actually, um, some of the first editing I did at Archie was on the Dark Circle line, which okay. was when we relaunched the superheroes in mm -hmm. more gritty noir settings. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's cool to, to sort of see the evolution of those characters, but they're, they never go away entirely. We always have them, but we Something's something's coming. <laughs> okay, well that's exciting. Um, be, before I let you go, I, I wanted to ask because you know we're right in the midst of Women's History Month here, and I think you know looking at your career and the experiences you've had, I'm sure you're an inspiration to, to writers out there who are wanting to break into this kind of field because it is, it is such a cool job, you know. And I'm so I'm wondering just for you personally, is is there someone who was an inspiration to you or somebody who was kind of influential and in, and in, uh, getting you where you are? 
so I don't, uh, I, I do some volunteer work um, doing like mentorship programs, yeah. but that's not something I personally had myself um, okay. growing up. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there was any particular like, oh, this person kind of showed me the ropes yeah. in terms of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to kind of go back to earliest influences, I would say, especially in reading Betty and Veronica, yeah, uh, the stories that stuck with me that I, I do think subconsciously helped me sort of frame how I like to write them now mm-hmm. were in the 90s. A lot of the ones by like Barbara Slate, Barbara Slate and Kathleen Webb, okay. where it, w- it was never about the girls fighting over Archie. It yeah. was always about either just them having a story on their own or Archie dating one of them without it being a competition yeah, and yeah. Him just really treating them nicely. Mm-hmm. And when I think back to the stories I enjoyed, those are the ones that mm-hmm. definitely stand out to me. Yeah. I would also say um, outside of writing for Archie, I do some personal writing for a website called Razor Cake. Okay. And I, I just do uh, personal essays about mental health. Oh, okay that's something that's really interesting to me and mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing that's uh really like that's the writing i do when i'm not writing topics sure and it's something that i'm also really interested in and um a friend of mine she she hasn't written in a bit but she's a published author herself her name is cassie snyder uh she was the first person that like i picked up a zine of hers i fell in love with it we started talking she invited me to do my first ever reading and it was about something of that nature okay and it was the first time i said like I can like write about this mm. and people may want to read it. Yeah. And from then on, I, I kept doing it. That really meant a lot to me. Yeah. And you know, it's, yeah. it's those just having conversations with people, opening those doors. I, I'm always so excited when people want to pick my brain a little bit or want to just know like, Hey, do you mind just like mm-hmm. talking through this process? How did you get in? Like what, what's, you know, something you can do. I will never take those conversations for granted because I always think, you know, hold the door open for the person behind you yeah. you know there's it's it's so helpful to have people that are willing to share their wisdom or willing to just give you a shot yeah to say like like this you can do this oh absolutely take a chance yeah well, i appreciate you sharing you said razor cake was the name of this where where's the best place for people to find that so razor cake is a uh, non-profit diy punk magazine okay but they have an online presence so razorcake.org okay. uh, you can read that's where my articles live okay so. all right And as far as if people are just looking up your work or finding you, what's the best place to find you online? Uh, My website is probably your best resource. That's jamielierotante.net. Okay. And you can find me on Twitter at jamitha, J-A-M-I-T-H-A. That was a nickname from high school, but when I made it, I never thought (laughs) I would be (laughs) using it in any sort of professional setting, but (laughs) there you go. For better or Uh, worse. Those are probably the two best resources. Okay. Do you have an upcoming project that you can tease a little bit, or is everything under wraps? Um, the most recent thing I actually, going back to the digest, I very recently had a story I wrote for the digest uh, come out, maybe another one of those coming up in the future. Okay. Uh, And that was a lot of fun because the one thing I hadn't tackled yet was just the classic digest story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything I've done, I'm proud of. That was a weird, like, oh, I wrote for the thing that got me into Mm -hmm. reading. That's that's super (laughs) cool. That's exciting. Well, you can you can find Jamie's work right on the shelves here at the David A. Howe Public Library or on the Archie app or really, I mean, anywhere uh, graphic novels or comic books are sold. So I encourage you to check it out. Jamie, this was so much fun talking to you today. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. I had a blast. All right. Me too. 
you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to pop into the All the Books Show archives where you can find my special interview with graphic novel author Shay Fontana. That's episode 265, Batman Day with Shay Fontana. So again, that's at soundcloud.com slash allthebooks or anywhere you get your podcasts. Stick around for our next episode where I'll have a special interview with author J.T. Ellison. We'll see you then.